Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Olivia Mentor. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today is our May book club episode, and we're talking about Happy Place by Emily Henry, which I think is a little more divisive than I anticipated. <laughs> oh, I, I'm i thrilled to be recording this episode because we had so much listener participation. Like, I wish every month was like this. So I'm thrilled to talk about this. Me too. Let's talk about some highs and lows first. What is your high? My high is that I'm currently in London. I'm recording live from London. I'm having the best time. It looks so fun from Instagram. I love London. I could easily live here if the visa stuff wasn't so tricky. It's one of my favorite cities. And we've just been going on these like walking, exploring adventures and like eating and drinking a ton. I am living my best life right now. Have you been to the Magic Mike experience yet? That's tonight. That's what I have to do after this. Oh. I have to get ready for Magic Mike. We're going to Deshoom and Magic Mike tonight. Oh, nice. That's a great combo. What a fun night. I can't wait. Spicy all around. Spicy all around. Yeah, we're just having the best, best trip. I'm glad. Thank you. And the weather has been perfect. I know London gets a bad rep weather-wise, and I think we got lucky, but it's been beautiful weather and... One of my favorite places is the Hyde Park Rose Garden and the roses are in bloom. Like, oh, couldn't be happier. It looks beautiful. Tell me your high. My high is that I had my first group Trova trip to Vermont and it was a little bit chaotic because of what we'll get to in my low, but I got there a day and a half late and needless to say, like I have a little bit of social anxiety, which I'm sure you're wondering, Olivia, why would you volunteer to host a group trip if you have social anxiety? But I don't know. I was nervous and it just ended up being so wonderful because everyone got along so well. And we just went to bookstores and like spent an hour talking about everyone's different favorite books and drink wine and I stayed up till like three in the morning around a fire talking about nothing, which I can't even remember the last time that I stayed up late, like sleepover style (laughs) kind of thing. So it was just, I don't know, it was so nice. And we're already planning another trip together. And everyone was so funny. Like that was the most amazing part. Everyone was so different, but I have never laughed so hard in my life. So shout out to all those people. You know who you are, but uh, a lot of people listen, which was also nice. It was just very life affirming after a very tough couple of weeks. So it was really nice. Um, And you alluded to it, but tell us tell us your low. Yeah. So uh, my uncle passed away, I guess it was a couple weeks ago or a week ago. I don't know. Time is just like really blending. Um, So he had been sick for a while, um, but it was a very sudden passing that the family wasn't expecting um he was in his 50s so it was just it was hard and sad um he has four like amazing children and they're my cousins and I love them so I had to go to Maryland to be there for the funeral and everything but it was so amazing to see how many people loved my uncle how amazing he was and also to see my four cousins the younger is the youngest of which is only 19, give these speeches at his funeral. And I was just so proud of them. Anyway. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That's so, that's so difficult. Thank you. Yeah. 
that's sometimes the lows are really low, you know, but yeah, that's life. Um, but anyway, he was a wonderful person. So I'm thankful for that. Anyway, what's your low? I can't say that I have one right now. That's good. Well, I think anytime you don't have a low, it's a thing to be celebrated. So I'm really happy for you. Thank you. Shall we get into this book, though? Yes. Okay. So today we're discussing Happy Place by Emily Henry, and I can give you a quick plot summary. So Harriet and Wynne were couple goals in their friend group, but on the heels of their breakup, they head to Maine to have one last perfect summer week with their college friends before the house where they stay is sold. Except they haven't told anyone that they broke up. And when Sabrina and Parth announce their impromptu wedding, Harriet and Wynne have to put on a happy face and pretend to still be together to not ruin the weekend. Hijinks and feelings ensue when they keep getting thrown together in couple situations, and Harriet needs to navigate both her feelings for a win and the slights and shifts among her friend group. It's safe to say that her week away in her happy place is much more than she bargained for. Before we get into all of that, though, let's take an ad break. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's so easy in life to get caught up in what everyone else needs and forget to focus on what you need to be happy. I know that I've personally spent years wondering about how my choices will look to other people before I ever took a second to ask what I need to feel happy, stress-free, and balanced. Therapy is the first thing that really helped me stop doing this. BetterHelp can be a great way to access therapy if you feel like you're too busy or too intimidated by other options. Therapy with BetterHelp is as flexible and convenient as you need it to be. It's entirely online and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I think that being able to consider the boundaries, habits, and routines that are best and healthiest for you personally before you consider what everyone else will think about any of it is a true skill that requires practice. And I know that in my own life, there's no way I would have been able to find balance and be able to prioritize my own mental health needs without having gone to therapy. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BadOnPaper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BadOnPaper. Into this book discussion. So, Olivia, I'm the most curious because you just finished this book. What were your overall feelings? My overall feelings were that I liked it, but I didn't love it. Um, oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Can you <laughs> and I, I know why, that? though. Okay. Yes. I think I really do not mesh well with books that are based on communication issues. <laughs> okay. Because the whole time I'm just like, why can't you just have a conversation that is like full and complete? <laughs> like, I feel like so many things would be figured out. Like, I feel like a lot of the sort of tension in this book is kind of resting on the fact that she blocked his number. Like, without that one thing, which I mean, it's fine. It's not like it made the book bad. Of course, Emily Henry is a superstar and the dialogue and the sex scenes and everything are always going to be amazing. But I, I just, I think that kind of, that kind of tension just isn't my thing, I guess. I don't oh, know. Interesting. But I still liked it. The one that I not can't abide by, but like the trope that I generally find myself being really turned off by is I generally don't like enemies to lovers. Like I find yeah. it too unrealistic that if you truly dislike each other that much that you can flip 
to liking each other. Yeah, I think that's fair, too. I, I like that one more than this one, though, I think. Okay. Oh, I'm so bummed. <laughs> no, I mean, I liked it. The other thing about this is I went on this trip and everyone was talking about the book and a lot of people didn't like it. And I think <gasps> that that kind of informed how I was maybe it maybe made me a little more critical than I would have been of the last 25 percent of the book. So make of that what you will. And was everyone having the same issue or did they dislike it for different reasons? People just seem to not be as invested in it, I guess. Okay. There were some people that really liked it, but the majority seemed to not be as into it. Oh, wow. And again, I did like it. I just wasn't like as enamored with it as I was with book lovers, for example. Okay. What are your high level feelings on it? I loved it. I thought that this was different from her previous books that it didn't feel you know she's done this is her fourth of these romances that it didn't just feel formulaic and kind of the same i really liked that the cast got broader to include the friend group and i was so impressed by how masterfully she handled so many characters like i was worried when i went in where i was like wow the cast is six people that's a lot like how does Mm -hmm. how does that not fall apart. And I really felt like she pulled it off. And I, you know, you know this from my own book, but like I generally love books that deal with friendship. And, you know, I feel like we we spend so much page space talking about romantic relationships that I love that this one explored both Harriet and Wynne's friendship relationships and then to some degree their family relationships as well. So I really liked that it kind of explored different territory than some of her past books have. And of course, I love Maine. So I was very delighted, even though this was definitely a fake Maine town. I was definitely delighted by all of the Maine-ness of it. I love that, too. Let's play a listener voicemail. Hi, Beck and Olivia. My name is Grace. And when I saw Happy Place was the May book club pick, I was super excited because I had already finished it within three days of release. So my question is, is this your new favorite Emily Henry book, or does another one still take the top spot? I love your guys' podcast, by the way. Bye. Okay. I think that this is her best written book, in my opinion, which oh, apparently is not shared. I think that it just, like, the character, the depth to the characters is so much deeper than it has been in previous books. Um, so I, I really respect this book. But I think for me, People We Meet on Vacation is still my number one. I think my ranking is People We Meet on Vacation, Book Lovers, Happy Place, Beach Read. What about you? Okay. So I haven't read Beach Read. So keep keep that into account. I actually think you'll love Beach Read because there's a cult B story. And so I feel like it will be right up your alley. I read the description of it before we recorded, and I was like, actually, that might be my favorite. Um, Okay, so I think I'm book lovers, people we meet on vacation, happy place for the ones I have read. I just really liked book lovers so much, although I can also remember really loving people we meet on vacation, but I don't know. I think I just felt more attached to book lovers. I I also love the plot line of Nora being tall. That's just, Mm. (laughs) it spoke to me. I really liked the travel aspect of people we meet on vacation, and I really liked how that was told in dual timelines, which I generally really enjoy, and I really liked that each past chapter was in a different place, so I I enjoyed that aspect of it. And I really like best friends to lovers as a trope, so I feel like that one just did it for me. And I think that Alex 
was such like an interesting male lead. I do think that the 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 steaminess of that one is the best. Well, I think they've gotten decreasingly steamy as they go on. Like I feel like yeah. Book, or sorry, Beach Read is the most steamy and then it kind of goes down and down and down. And I'm wondering why that is. Like I still think there's a lot of romantic tension and I still think that there's a lot of the same thing. Like when I was rereading this, I was like highlighting this passage where the only thing that happens is that they kiss, but there's so much buildup. Like it's almost as if they were going to have sex, like the way that yeah. the the tension and the buildup was written. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious. I would love to know why she's kind of pulling away from the steam. That's a good question. Um, I hadn't thought of that, but I feel like now it's the time to lean into it, if anything. So, yeah, we have another listener voicemail where they have their top Emily Henry that they wanted to share. Hey, Becca and Olivia, this is Caitlin from Dallas. I'm calling to share my favorite Emily Henry. My favorite book by her is The People We Meet on Vacation. I just love Poppy and think she's really relatable and loved Poppy and Alex's dynamic. And in terms of dream casting, I feel like Alex is really giving Adam Brody. He's tall and charming, but he's also a little bit nerdy. And then for Poppy, I'm thinking maybe a Zoe Deschanel. Hope everyone has a good day. So definitely agree on the people we meet on vacation part. On the fan casting, I'm not sure I see this, but we'll talk more about fan casting later. But let's talk about the female leads first. Let's listen to a listener voicemail. Hey, you guys. Um, I just wanted to call in and say how much I enjoyed Happy Place uh, for next week's episode. Um, what I really love about Emily Henry books is that they're she's just like able to tap into these things that feel so personal, but I think like actually are a pretty collective feeling. Like there were parts of the book were, that were actually hard for me to get through because I used to have like a very high achieving, life consuming job, and it pushed me into having a long distance relationship, and it almost ended. Uh, you know, kind of for some of the same reasons that happened in the book, and so. It was just like really interesting and and cool to read something so similar to what I had gone through, which I felt like wasn't something a lot of people go through, but obviously it is. And so that's just what I love about her books. I'm almost sad I read it so fast because now it's over. So I will just have to read it again. Um, Thank you for listening. And I love love the podcast. All right, Olivia. So which Emily Henry female lead do you most relate to? Is that also Nora outside of just being tall? Like, I mean, emotionally more than physically. I don't I don't know about emotionally. I will say that I do relate to Harriet in terms of like the the older daughter thing Mm. and like feeling like there's this different expectation for you. Not to the extent that she felt it, of course, but I think that resonated with me on some level. I don't think there's any female lead that I like was like, yes, that is me 100%. But what about you? So I think I would say probably Nora, that I relate to her most in terms of being very career driven and feeling, not feeling othered by that, but like feeling like other people didn't quite understand that maybe. Like I really vibed with that part of her personality. But you know, There's not one of Emily Henry's female lead characters that I feel like I can't relate to in some way. Like with Poppy, I definitely related to 
her work burnout, like not in the moment I read it, but like I've definitely been in that place where it's like, oh, you have this great job. You've like achieved something, but you don't feel happy with it. So like I I definitely Mm -hmm. related to that. And with Harriet, one thing I really related to was her not knowing how to fight in a relationship, which I think I have issues with. And so I found that really relatable too. I think, yeah, I, I think that, I don't know. I feel like her characters, especially the female leads, like always feel like such real people to me that there's always something that I'm like, I can see a little bit of myself in it. Yeah, that's a great way to put it as well. I think they're very well developed. While we're doing some compare and contrast here, do you have a favorite male lead from one of Emily Henry's books? I loved Charlie and Book Lovers. Loved. Oh. So much. (laughs) And I love the setting. Now that I'm thinking about it, I just want to reread it because I just... It made me giddy. I loved it. What about you? You know, okay, so the only one I, I did not like, I didn't like Gus from Beach Read, although I feel like you might. He's the cult I guy. Might. He's the cult guy. <laughs> I might. Um, I didn't love him. There was something that was like just like a little bit too, I don't know. Like there's this moment in it where it's like, we went to college together. He's hot. He was a grave digger. And I'm like, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> I don't know about this guy. So he's the only one that I like can't get on board with. I really like Alex. I, I love Charlie. I really felt for Wynn. Like I really liked Wynn's character in here and felt like he was like. Oh, yeah, I did too. Such a great guy. And I, I also just wanted to hug him. Like I, I thought there was something really lovable about his lack of confidence that like kind of took the edge off of him being this like hottie with a body. So I, uh, it's really hard for me to say. I think for me, it would probably be a tie between Alex and Wynn. Okay. I also really liked Wynn for what it's worth. Yeah. So we have another listener voicemail about how this was not exactly what she was expecting. Hi, Beckett and Olivia. So I read Happy Place the second I got my hold from the library, I dropped everything and I read it in one sitting. And overall, I really did love it. But it's not really what I expected. I still couldn't put it down. I think it was really well written. And I agree with Becca's thought that I think this is her most character development yet in a book. It just, it almost, it felt like more in a way. That's the best way I can describe it. It was a beautiful story, but I was expecting a more traditional romance novel like her other books. And not that it's a bad thing that it wasn't, but I'm really not sure I would classify this book as romance. It felt more contemporary fiction. Maybe it was a little bit literary to me. I really felt like the friendships and the family stories were central to the book, which is great. But again, not really what I expected. Becca, would you classify this as a romance? I would, yeah. I definitely thought that the romantic relationship was the A story. And I feel like the friendship story was definitely a B story. Like, it got slightly less time. And, like, I kind of knew the friend slightly less well, which was to be expected. Um, I think the reason that this person is saying that it could maybe even be literary fiction or it can be something else is because, like, Emily Henry is, like, best in class when it comes to romance. Like, it feels, if you compare an Emily Henry to a Kindle Unlimited romance, and there's really great, really fun, really steamy ones, like, this is just on such another level that I feel like it feels, like, more. But I feel like literary fiction is really characterized by 
like exploration of a theme and usually doesn't have as strong a plot. And I feel like Emily Henry's books do have a plot. And I feel like, well, there's definitely some exploration of theme. It's not like, I don't, I don't know. Like I couldn't necessarily say like what the, the high level theme was here that was being explored. That was like a higher level yeah. philosophical message about life. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I think part of the thing with this book that's interesting is I haven't read a lot of romances, and I would I would consider it a romance, but I haven't let, read a lot of romances, except for maybe Before We Fall, where you know that they have had a prior relationship, they've been in love. So it's like, maybe on like a subconscious level, it's not as exciting because <laughs> you're like, well, they have done this before. <laughs> Yeah, so. it definitely subverts it because you don't have I feel like the hallmark of a romance is a meet cute. And we have mm-hmm. the meet cute between Wynne and Harriet in the past. And so we still get to see that. But in the present story, there's kind of That's like true. this meet awful where she shows up at the house and he's there. That's true. I did. I did enjoy the flashbacks when they first met and then they're in the room. And yeah, love that. But I feel like if you just had that story of them falling in love in the past, it would be kind of boring. It would be kind of same, same. And I feel like we'd be like, oh, like, I wish there was more to it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess it is something different. I mean, either way, you know, they're going to end up together. (laughs) So I guess this way she gets to explore different aspects of all the characters. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like not a limitation of the romance genre, but like, you know, you, you get less of you get to see less of a relationship usually in the romance genre because so much of it is about meeting and falling in love. Right. But I think what makes Before I Let Go and Happy Place so different is it really does explore the intricacies of marriage or being in a relationship, what issues that brings as opposed to the, does he like me? Are we going to be together type thing? Yeah, definitely. So wait, do you have a happy place and is it Maine? Oh, I feel like Maine could definitely be in the running. I would say my happy place is maybe the Breakers and that girl's trip that I go on every year. I feel like that is my happy place. But as I spend more and more time in Maine uh, and one of my best friends bought a house up there in either 2020 or 2021, like Maine is definitely becoming up there for me as a happy place. I'm going up for like a week and a half this summer. Oh, that's nice. I can't wait for more main ventures. I me too, just to observe from afar. I loved like the opening page of this book because of the descriptions of I think it was the morning or something. It was just like candy to me. I loved it. There were so many chapters. What I thought was really interesting about the past was how much time it covered because it probably covered like it covered from I guess their junior year in college through I think Harriet is 30. And there were a lot of change of places where at first they were at the summer house, then they were at college, then they were in New York City, then they were in San Francisco. And I thought like the way she just like really quickly established where they were with those like paragraphs of like really rich description. I Mm -hmm. loved those. Yeah, that made me really hooked immediately, even if maybe in the middle I dropped off a bit. But I always went back to those and loved them. Where's your happy place? Is it the Outer Banks? Yes. I think so. My happy place is the Outer Banks, but I feel like a lot of people have been to the sort of more northern Outer Banks. So mine, it has to be Rodanthe or Avon in the Outer Banks, which are a little more, 
I don't know, rugged, I guess, a little less polished than commercial. Um, and there's truly nothing to do except read and drink wine. And I love it. Oh, that does sound ideal. I haven't been there, but I'm dying to go. Yeah, I think you would like it. Different than the Breakers, but... Different. Well, so is me. <laughs> That's true. So I was saying in my top line reactions to the book that I loved that this tackled friendship and that it had a bigger cast. And, you know, it had those subplots with both the friendship story and both Wynne and Harriet's family stories. Did you like this aspect of the book or was this the part that dragged for you? Like, do you think it would have worked without either or both? I liked it, but it was a lot. Okay. <laughs> like, thinking about it now, I found myself sort of forgetting, especially with Wynn's family. I was like, okay, so his dad died, but also there was a diagnosis with his mom, right? Mm-hmm. And then there were there were sisters, and then there. So it was a lot, but it didn't necessarily, I think, make me like the book less. It just was more than I was expecting, I guess. What did you think? I kind of felt like it was it was probably the part I enjoyed the least, but I think it was so critical with their family stories to understand who they were as characters, because I think Harriet would have made a lot less sense without understanding her parents and their relationship and how she felt during her childhood and like what place she had in her family. Like otherwise, I think she would have just come off as like kind of neurotic with with no real basis. So I think it really helped make you understand her on a deeper level. And then I think with Wynne ending up in Montana, I think you couldn't necessarily understand that without understanding his family because otherwise it would have just been like, hey, bro, like, why can't you just move? Yeah. So I do feel like it was necessary. Like, I feel like the book would have just felt not like an Emily Henry. It would have felt like just a regular, regular romance without some of the depth that the family stories added. Yeah. I also really love the Montana parts. Like, I would do a whole book set in Montana, Ooh. Emily Henry, if Ooh. you're listening. <laughs> and I also loved the friend subplots. Like, I think it was really interesting to think about how these people fit into a group, not just like the one-on-one relationship. I really liked how it explored how friendships that we make when we're young evolve mm-hmm. and sometimes become more difficult, even if they are also becoming deeper at the same time. And I thought that balance was described perfectly throughout did you have a favorite character from the secondary cast hmm i kind of liked them all in different ways i you know i really liked surprisingly sabrina i thought she was really funny (laughs) yeah i liked her too with her like little schedule and stuff Mm -hmm. i just i i really liked it what about you i also liked kimmy Cleo's girlfriend. Yes. I thought like she mm-hmm. was really funny and like, but ultimately like a really loving and not just like a comic relief character. Yeah. I also really just like the idea of a friend group making room for a new significant other like that, because yeah. I think that's actually more difficult than people would maybe assume. And I thought it was really sweet and heartwarming. I did too. So how did you feel about Harriet and Wynne separately, but also together? Like, do you really feel like they were meant to be throughout the whole story. Oh, that is hard. I I feel like ultimately I did buy that they belong together. I think I did. I think I found Harriet a little frustrating. Yeah. I think I found her, I guess partially her lack of self-awareness, but then also the choices that she made like a little bit infuriating in terms of like not telling her friends about the breakup, which obviously needed to happen because of 
the plot of this book like wouldn't have been able to exist without it or her like never having really explored that she maybe didn't want to be a doctor like I found her a little bit infuriating I loved Wynne like only want good things for him like he just felt like such a cinnamon roll like the ultimate (laughs) cinnamon roll archetype character and I was like oh I just want you to believe in yourself and be happy but I think I think yeah I think truly like the past flashbacks like I think if we just had the present timeline no I would have been like oh my god thank god these people broke up but I think seeing the the evolution of their relationship and seeing what they were like at other points did make me ultimately buy in that they belong together yeah it's funny because like this wasn't like you know my favorite Emily Henry but from the very beginning I was like these people are clearly meant to be together (laughs) Like the whole time I was like, I believe in them. You know, the the first scene that they are in the car together on the way from the airport, the flashback, I was like all in with these people. I was like, oh, my God, there's so much chemistry. Like that scene to me is oh, that scene was probably perfect. the best one of the best scenes in the book. I think it was I don't know. Even looking about it now, I'm like smiling because it was just so charming. It was and there's the, so much chemistry. It was the best banter. Yeah. Oh, so good. And that's like, I mean, that is what works about Emily Henry more than anything else, I think. It's the banter. Without that, I don't know. I don't know. But that's her trademark, in my opinion. You know what? I wonder if this kind of colored anyone's feelings about the book is, okay, so Emily Henry's writing is obviously like laugh out loud funny, such good banter, so fun, so quirky. But this book was actually like crushingly sad. It was sad both of their individual kind of self-worth and family stories were really sad. Harriet feeling distance from her friends was really sad. Obviously, the the crumpling of the relationship between Harriet and Wynne was really sad. Like, everything was so depressing, but it had this, like, really funny, shiny veneer over it. Yeah. I wonder if that colored it for people because when I, I guess I didn't really notice it as much the first time, but when I was rereading it, Because I was like, oh, yeah, Maine and lobsters and, like, the funny pilot with the backward sunglasses. And, like, those were the things that stood out to me after I read it. And as I was rereading it, I was like, wow, this is really sad. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think that that scene, like, the flashback scene, the banter is, like, more in the other Emily Henry's. Yeah, it's, like, candy, pure fun. Right. And this one, like, a lot of the present scenes, though it was, there was tension and, like, there there was sex and all of that, it was a little less fun. Yeah. <laughs> because it was just, yeah, sad. You're right. Well, let's take another listener voicemail who has some thoughts on the ending. Hey, ladies. Calling about Happy Place for the Bad on Paper book club pick. I love Emily Henry, as we all do. Book Lovers was one of my favorites ever. Loved it so much last year. And I'm just wondering if anyone else had the same issue with the ending. You know, I loved so much about the setting and the food and the friend dynamics and the mental health, you know, um, issues that Wynn had, which, you know, I really appreciated that they covered. But the ending was just really tough for me to stomach where I feel like there could have been a different solution to her not wanting to become a surgeon. It could have been she did a small wellness practice in Montana. She could have done research. There just could have been something that she could have used her medical degree for. (laughs) Maybe this is just me projecting, but I feel like there could have been a better 
a better solution to that. So I'm just wondering if anyone else felt the same. I still love Emily Henry. I will read anything she writes, but let me know what you think. So you said that the last 25% is maybe where it didn't feel as good to you. Is that right? I I have I I guess I was just like it made sense to me that she didn't want to be a surgeon, but it wasn't like I looked back and was like, oh, we've been leading up to here very clearly. It felt a little bit just thrown in, I guess. I mean, it's not that it didn't work entirely. I just was kind of like, what? What's happening? Yeah. I don't know. How, how did you feel about the ending? I was really shocked. And that was so I read the book originally back in December before I feel like there were a lot of reviews out. So like I was very much reading it in a vacuum. And that was the one thing that I, that gave me pause. And it made sense in the context of the book. It made sense for the character stories. But I don't think the answer could have been that like he sacrificed. So if they needed to be together, she needed to be the one to sacrifice. So I understand that. But the one thing that really stood out to me was how, in contrast, this felt to the message of book lovers, where in book lovers, she's like, I'm the city woman whose job is important. And I'm like on my Peloton with my glossy bob and like, (laughs) you know, like it was like she's the high powered career woman. And then in this book and her whole thing was about not being willing to leave the city, not being willing to compromise her work. And then in this book. She compromises it so quickly. And, you know, they're different people. So, you know, I think like that is true of real life. I think that there are people who are live to work people. And at the same time, there are also work to live people. So like it does, I think, encompass that, you know, people are different, that these two characters in the back to back books just could have totally different feelings about work. But that struck me as really interesting, the dichotomy of like this felt so counter to what Nora was her whole system of beliefs and book lovers. You know, I have a theory about this. Tell me. Which is that I think that the ending was changed. Interesting. Because what do you think it was originally? I I wouldn't be surprised if it was like they did long distance or something. Or or there was something else that wasn't just her quitting her job abandoning all these years of medical school and you know moving to montana or at least not right away because emily henry i think is too good to just not be hinting at this more throughout you know i can see i see what you're saying and i think maybe people are like you have to do straightforward there together happy ending i don't know i also i could just be wrong (laughs) i i feel like i'm like I really enjoyed this book. Like I, I'm, I feel like you're dragging me into the negative where I totally see what you're saying. No, no, no. (laughs) But the other thing that I was going to say is I did feel a little disappointed by the reveal of the reason that she thinks that, that he broke up with her was because this guy kissed her and then he immediately broke up with her. I forgot about that. (laughs) And I felt like that reveal of like what broke them up was a little bit disappointing and I won't tell you what the other reveal is, but like in contrast to like in every summer after where like the whole book is hinting at this reveal, hinting at this reveal, hinting at this reveal. And the reveal comes and you're like, oh, man, versus this one. Yeah. I was like, the reveal is that your like coworker kissed you and then you texted him and he just broke up with, like that. I was like, oh, that's a I little. literally finished this yesterday and I totally forgot about um, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so I feel like in the ending we had that they were secretly trying to get them back together and they knew that they were broken up 
the whole time. The pregnancy thing, that, the kissing someone else thing. He's making $15,000 tables secretly. Like, there was a lot that was <laughs> that was happening. And I was like, to Emily Henry's credit, I was like, okay. As I was reading it, I wasn't like, oh, this is putting me off entirely at any point. But looking back at it, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of a lot. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about dream casting. We have one very detailed voicemail from a listener, which I really enjoyed. Hi there, Bad on Paper. This is a fan from South Florida. My name is Marissa. Um, I'm calling today about my dream cast of Happy Place, which I devoured in two days so that I could make sure that I had it ready for when we do our book club. But I wanted to share who I imagine as the dream cast and I hope that you see similarities in it, too. So, number one, Harriet, I think, would be perfectly played by Margaret Qualley. She's also from the Netflix show Made and is currently dating Jack Antonoff. I love her, and I feel like she would be a great Harriet. Next for Cleo, I love Alay Chanel Scott from Sex Lives of College Girls. Um, that will be a theme in a few of people who I've casted. I feel like she would be the perfect Cleo. Sabrina, I have casted as Renee Rapp, also from Sex Lives of College Girls and Mean Girls on Broadway. Kimmy, I have as Jane Lady from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And most recently, I think she did a episode of Dave. Then next, I have Parth. I have him as Siraj Sharma from Life Pie. I truly couldn't imagine someone more perfect for this role, so... Maybe someone's listening. And then for Wynn, this is really hard for me, but I think that because I've seen him in similar roles as like just this, such a likable person, I see Noah Centino from All the Boys I've loved before as Wynn. I know that Wynn has a beard and has like blondish hair, at least that's how I envision him, but I think Noah Centino could pull it off. And then lastly, I have Hank and Gloria. I think Hank should be played by Ty Burrell with a mustache or a beard, who is also Phil Dunphy in Modern Family. And then I think Gloria should be played by Mandy Moore because I feel like the, that character would be best portrayed by someone who is sweet as pie. That's all. That's my dream cast. I could not figure out anyone for Harriet's parents, but I'm looking forward to see if anyone else has anybody for them. Thank you. Bye. Wow. This person seriously put in the work, so thank you. But I kind of realized as I was listening that it wasn't quite how I was picturing the characters. So I tried to put in some work too to figure out maybe who I pictured. Okay, so can I tell you who I think? Tell us. So I think for Harriet, I am picturing well, what I'm picturing is young Alexis Bledel. I don't know that Alexis Bledel could pull off the college part. Like she looks young, but I don't know if she can pull off college at this point. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was picturing. I think if I had to pick somebody who is age appropriate, I'm kind of picturing a Lucy Hale. Like I'm picturing a big eyed brunette who kind of has like an innocence about them so that when she's doing frustrating things, you don't hate them. Okay. Interesting. And then when, so at least looks wise, I'm picturing Joe Alwyn. I okay. don't know if he can I do was, an American accent. I was too the entire time. I, I I cannot vouch for his acting. I I do not know if he can pull this off and do an American accent, but that's what I'm picturing looks wise. I could kind of see. I wonder if Glenn Powell could pull back his charisma enough to also be a little bit um, 
have like low confidence because I could see Glenn Powell too. Yeah, I could see that. That smile. Yeah. Cleo, I was picturing Zoe Kravitz. I was also maybe picturing Aisha D, who played Kat from The Bold Type. I could see it being either of them. Slightly different ages. Good picks. I don't have Sabrina or Parth or Kimmy. I think Renee Rapp as Sabrina would be great. But I also think it's because... But isn't she supposed to be Latina? Is she? Well, her last name is Armas, and I was... I I kind of thought she was supposed to be, like, of some kind of South American descent. Oh, you could be completely right. Maybe I missed that. Maybe I just inferred it, but, yeah. I like the idea of, like, Margaret Qualley. I don't know if that's correctly pronounced. With Joe Alwyn. I think that's a good combo. It would be weird, but... (laughs) Are they either of them funny, is my question? Or would this just be, like... (laughs) It would turn no, it I'm into... going purely on looks. Oh, okay. purely, purely on, on looks. looks. Okay. Noah Centineo, I do not see. I don't either. But I, he is very charming. But I don't think this is this is his role. No, no. I do like Ty Burrell as as the dad, though. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's I appreciate a good one. I appreciate the effort that this person put in, and that's why it's like fan casting is so personal. It's so difficult too. So I too appreciate the effort. Yeah. So. Emily Henry has somehow done four books in four years. (laughs) How do you think that is possible? And each one is like, I feel like a hit. I feel like she made a deal with the devil. (laughs) She made a deal with someone, that's for sure. That is the only explanation to me. I, I guess, so, you know, probably the real answer is that it seems like her editor, Amanda Bergeron, who came on the podcast, is like an incredible partner to her. And I think Emily Henry just has like an innate once in a generation talent for humor and character and all of these things is probably the real answer. But like she made a pact with the devil. Right. <laughs> I think so. I mean, she hit on something. I feel like I read a lot of romance for someone who isn't a romance person. <laughs> And she does do something that is entirely unique. Like, I, I, do, I don't know what it is exactly. Maybe it's that dialogue or, like, the wittiness, the banter. But I just do not ever see it replicated in other books. Okay, I have a theory. So I yes. think it's three things. Okay. So the first thing is I think she has a very weird, specific sense of humor that I think is like so Mm -hmm. uniquely her own like on that first page of or not the first page but like the first chapter of happy place where she's like and we were watching clueless then we made the t-shirts of like virgin who can't drive yeah not a virgin but great drive like i I was like Mm -hmm. it is so deeply specific yeah so it is also very much my sense of humor so maybe that's why i like (laughs) but the density of jokes is like i think that there's a lot of jokes in it like in another life maybe she's a stand-up comedian But I I think one is her, like, very specific sense of humor. I think the second thing is I think she does big emotions better than anyone else. Like, in some ways, I think, like, Colleen Hoover is the big emotions without, like, the sense of humor or character development. Mm -hmm. And then I think Colleen Hoover also has, like, a plot, like, a a lock-on plot that is Mm -hmm. really unique to her. And I think the third thing is Emily Henry has, like, probably some of the deepest 
character development of any author. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that if you asked her what color underwear her characters are wearing, like, <laughs> she would have an answer off the top of her head. Yeah, very detail-oriented. Yeah, and I think it's that trifecta that makes her so different. Like, I could think of other authors who do one well, but the triumvirate of her being able to do all three so well, that is, like, yeah. the special sauce. I also think her descriptive writing like in terms of atmosphere and setting is underrated Mm -hmm. also i would like to give a shout out to her phrase of sperm shaped eyebrows (laughs) and she was describing photos in win's room because i was like oh my god it it was perfect i would never have thought to write it that way and i could see it immediately it was funny so shout out to those three words Mm. um So knowing that she has an ongoing pact with the devil and we can only expect more (laughs) great books from her, is there a trope you would most like to see Emily Henry tackle in a future book? Oh, I would love famous person, real person so much. Shame. (laughs) I mean, you know that that's all I want always. You know, I actually, I'm going to call it right now. We should make a bet. What do you think her next trope will be? I think it will be that. I think it must be. I don't know. I feel like she writes a lot of small town Like, I feel like it would be very, I guess, like, a famous person could come to a small town and fall in love with somebody. But I feel like I... Famous author. I have a hard time picturing her doing anything set in L.A. I don't think it would be set in L.A. Okay. I think it would be set somewhere like Montana. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. She probably needs a lot of ideas from us. Probably. Like, she's she's probably, probably just like sitting. I think she's finished her fifth book. She's probably just like sitting around oh, yeah. being like, what about Olivia? It's going to be announced soon. <laughs> yeah, I would love I to see wait. that. Me too. So Emily Henry is an auto-buy author for me. Do you have any other auto-buy authors that like you will just like follow them over a cliff to quote Scandal? Like whatever they're doing, you don't need a description. You're buying. That is a great question. And I can't wait to ask this in the Facebook group. I think I would probably read anything Ashley Aldrain, who wrote The Push, would write. Let me think if I... Okay, tell me about your others while I think about this for a second. So I think I have three. So I think Ellen Hildebrand will buy anything she writes, like would try anything she writes. If she wrote something that didn't sound quite up my alley, I would still I would still read it. Vari McFarlane, who is my favorite British author, I, I go to lengths to get her books... Because they usually come out in the UK before they come out in the US. And I go I go to lengths of like going around and ordering them from the UK and paying all this extra shipping and duties to get the UK version so I could have it earlier. And then newly, I think Catherine Center for me. I'm in my Catherine Center era. And I think, you know, I've read three of her books now. And I think I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, whatever Catherine Center does, I'm going to read it. This is making me realize that I don't read multiple books by the same author a lot. I'm kind of like all over the place. Well, I think it's also really rare for an author to just have such a strong track record and to be consistently so good. Yeah, that's a great point. There's a lot of uh, Catherine Center love on the Vermont trip as well. So you are in good company. Um, So resident romance expert, Becca. Yeah. If people love Emily Henry, what should they be reading? Okay. So I think if you if you love Emily Henry, to me, the closest proxy is Vary McFarlane, who is my favorite British author. And I believe she's also one of Emily Henry's favorite authors. I've seen her talk about her in various interviews. 
that she's really inspired by her writing and really jealous of her writing. And I think they have the humor thing in common. Um, And so I think if you if that's what you're vibing with in an Emily Henry book is like the humor and like, quote unquote, style, I think you like Vary McFarlane. I think for feelings, I think it makes sense because they have the same editor. I think the closest comp to me for those big feelings is Carly Fortune. Mm, good call. And then I think that there's also something, I don't exactly know how to describe this, but I think there's something that's like slightly claustrophobic about the way Emily Henry writes. Like it's so dense with detail and so specific and granular. And if that is what you like about it, I feel like Dolly Alderton, who wrote Ghosts, I feel like they have a similar writing style. Those are great suggestions. I also feel like I was just going to say that Every Summer After uh, by Carly Fortune, I haven't read her second one yet, but gave me that same sort of, I don't know, there's some sort of like magical combination of like falling in love with a place and Mm. then you throw in like the tension of a relationship of a like, you know, pacing leading up to people hooking up. (laughs) sure there's a there's more eloquent way to put that but um that combo is very emily henry to me let's get into some end matter let's what is your obsession okay my obsession i feel like this exists in new york but i mostly have this when i come to europe so joe and the juice has this green juice called joe's green mile and it's broccoli is the first ingredient oh not what I was thinking you would say. <laughs> yep. Juiced broccoli, kale, lemon, apple, avocado. I love this. It's the way that I trick myself into being like, I'm not totally poisoning my body with all of the things I'm eating. I've had a green juice today. I feel like broccoli is so strong, though. I feel like the combination it- of the broccoli and avocado, it's like kind of creamy. Oh. But it tastes like broccoli and fruit. I don't know. I'm obsessed with it. I don't have a Joe and the Juice near me in New York. There's, I feel like they're mostly in the city. I don't know if there's many in Brooklyn. So I don't know. But I, I've had a couple while I'm here. And I'm just like, gosh, I love my broccoli juice. I bet this wasn't where you <laughs> thought my obsession was going to go. <laughs> Anytime broccoli and smoothie or juices, I've never, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that in my life. But I love broccoli. I posted on Instagram the other day. And like I got a, a few responses that were like barf. I was like... Hey, don't yuck my ums. <laughs> what is wrong with people? Um, Let her enjoy her broccoli juice, enjoy everyone. enjoy my broccoli juice. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> she needs nutrients. I know. My body's falling apart. Um, <laughs> what about you? Do you have an obsession? Um, I watched Jewish matchmaking on Netflix, and I loved it because it was just delightfully strange and quick and easy. Love that for you. What are you reading? You have a, um, I see a uh, very hotly discussed, coveted book that I have also just purchased here. Tell us. I'm reading Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros, which I can also exclusively reveal is going to be our June book club pick. So do, 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 do. Okay. (laughs) I feel like this is going to be really polarizing. So this is a new adult fantasy series set at a magical war college um, where the main character, Violet, is uh, training to become a dragon rider. I feel like like I can just hear the sounds of people just pressing like pause next episode. Um, 
okay. <laughs> on paper, there's absolutely nothing about I this know, I should like. However, terrible. I have purchased it on good recommendation. And yes, tell us how you're feeling about it. I am obsessed with it. I am in that specific fantasy book hole. Like I came home from dinner last night, stayed up till 3.30 in the morning reading it because I could not put it down. I couldn't put it down. There's a love triangle. There's powers. Oh my God. It is so good. And so I feel like over the years, so many people have been like, do you have an Akatar episode? I want you to talk about Akatar. Or like when I was really into the Zodiac Academy, people were like, do an episode about that. So I feel like this is kind of the next book in that vein. It just came out in May, came out May 2nd. It is going wild on the internet. Also, it has, if this sways you at all, one of the things that really piqued my interest before I started reading it, it has a 4.71 rating on Goodreads with 30,000 reviews, which is unheard of. All I know is there's got to be some incredible sex scenes in this book because I feel like that is the hallmark Mm -hmm. of like fantasy Mm -hmm. that people lose their minds over. Yeah. Yeah. Can confirm. I, uh, yeah, I actually purchased this before Becca and I discussed this. So it was just kind of serendipitous. I'm personally ready to be swept away on a dragon's wing. So yeah. I I need I need some escapism in my life. And I am I'm I have very high hopes for this. Like it came very highly recommended by people I trust. You love it. It's, I'm ready. It's so good. I will say it probably took me like 80 or 90 pages to be fully sold on, which sounds like a lot, but it reads really fast. It reads kind of like YA, but you're like turning the pages very quickly. And then once I was in, I am so in that despite the fact that I'm on vacation and like have the whole city of London, I'm just like, I just want to read my dragon book. <laughs> um, So I would say if you've ever, if you've liked Akatar or any kind of Sarah J. Moss type series, definitely read this. But if you have been curious by that, but like intimidated, the first book just came out right now. I think it's set to be a two book series. The first book is like 650 pages, which is a lot. But for a fantasy series is not that much. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. This is definitely an experiment, and I feel like it may go really wrong in terms of maybe nobody reads this book with us. Oh, they will. Also, this is our first uh, fantasy book club pick, is it not? Well, in kind my of tenure. in your tenure, yeah. We did the thousandth floor, which I guess isn't fantasy, mm-hmm. but it's like dystopian teen series. The first dragon book. Oh yeah, there's there's never been a dragon on this podcast before. <laughs> And now there is. Happy June. Happy June. The good news is, is if you hate this, uh, every July we do listeners book club pick. So you, the listeners, get to pick our July book club. And we'll in a couple of weeks, we'll we'll talk about it and we'll put up a poll in the Facebook group so people can decide. So if you think I'm really wrong for picking this, it's your turn next time. Yeah, I'm excited for that, too. What have you been reading? So I read Enchantment by Catherine May. Or maybe it's Maze. Anyway, she also wrote Wintering, which I don't know if you saw. A lot of people were posting about Oh, I've that. heard of Wintering. I haven't heard of Enchantment. Yeah. And Enchantment is basically divided into like, I think it's the four elements. So like earth, water. And it's kind of like a cross between essays and poetry. I wanted to like choose something for the the Vermont trip I just went on that for like a buddy read sort of thing. Not really a book club, but something casual. This is not the right book for a book club. That was a bad choice on my part because it's much more like you get little tidbits of inspiration, but there's not a whole lot to discuss. 
Um, however, I think this would be really lovely if you like are looking for something to read just four or five pages of every morning with your coffee or something. Just like not get sucked into a book necessarily, but still like be a little bit inspired, read something, feel calm. Uh, a lot of it has to do with like adjusting to the world post pandemic, but it's not like super pandemic heavy. It's more like philosophical, I guess. Anyway, it was interesting. So that's that. Great. So this is what we have for you. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts about Happy Place in the Facebook group and to hear their responses to some of these questions. I, I concur. I concur. Buy Fourth Wing and read it with us. Follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And I'm at Olivia Mentor. I feel like really weird right now. Like, I, ju- I don't know how to record a podcast episode. I'm like in a new place and I'm like, how do I do this? <laughs> it's fine. It's morning here and I like can barely say a word without sounding like, I don't know, I have a gravelly voice. So Ugh. anyway, talk to us. Love us. <laughs> Read about dragons with us. That's the same and thing as loving note, us. Uh, <laughs> you can't love me without uh, my dragons. I I mean, <laughs> we could get that on a t-shirt. That would be fun. Mm. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Olivia Mentor. Did I say that? I might have. Mm. If not, now you know again. Nothing has changed in the many weeks we've been doing this. Months, years. Okay. Let's just... It's, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>